right, what's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Moonlighters Club. Still going strong, still getting great guests, and we're ready to do another one. Uh, before we get started, just wanted to let people know we're always looking for a new guests. If you would like to reach out to us to be a guest on our show and you live in the Boston area, please email us, moonlightersclub at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, themoonlightersclub.com, and we have a sheet that you can fill out with your contact info and kind of a little bit of background information on what you do and what your passion is. And we receive those as email notifications, and we'll reach out to you as soon as we can, um, which will actually lead us to the guest we have on our show. He uh, liked the concept. He reached out to us, listened to a couple of the interviews. I'm assuming. I don't know if you yeah, did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> reached out to us through, actually, SoundCloud, and we're really happy to have him. Uh, can I have your name? Sure. Uh, my name is Motla Delexis. Um, definitely, like I said, I heard a couple of your interviews on SoundCloud and liked the concept. and Happy to be here today, man. Nice, Good man. Good discussion with you. Really, thanks for coming. This is this is history. This is our first. Every guest we've had, I knew, or like my friend Ola, who's been on the show, knew, or Sean knew, or we just reached out. It's the first person to actually reached out to us. So this is super exciting, and cool. I'm really appreciative of it. So let's just go right into things. Uh, Marla, where are you from? Um, originally from Haiti. Born in Haiti. Moved into Boston about 1986. So... Uh, right now, I live in the South Shore of Boston. Okay. Um, so this is where that's where I currently reside. Um, so Boston, all my life. Nice. Uh, did about ten years in New York uh, after school. So been back and forth between Boston and New York um, in the last few years. But now I'm solid based in Boston. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I could never do New York. I grew up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I used to live in the Midwest, but I like New York. I can't live in New York. It's just it's a lot. Like I would have to be doing it big. They call it the jungle for a reason, man. I don't even know how people survive there on thirty thousand or less. But yeah, there are people that, that do it. <laughs> but it's it's expensive. It's very expensive, and I knew I couldn't. I couldn't be if I wasn't. I couldn't live there long term. So that's why I ended up coming back home in nice. Boston to start a family. Well, welcome back, man. Uh, where did you go to school here, or did you go to college in New York? Uh, I went to school in Connecticut. Um, so I went to Fairfield University for three years, and then I went to Columbia University in Manhattan. So yeah. that's how I ended up in New York. I ended up living in Brooklyn uh, and working in New York. So that's why yeah, I was there for about seven years after I graduated. Awesome, man. What was your uh, major? Computer engineering. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how? Like, you know that, what? Like... You know, I've always been a techie for some reason. I went to Latin Academy, which is, you know, I saw the connection. You you guys with was there. I graduated there in 2000. And uh, there was a summer program that they had in their basement um, where they were fixing computers from parts. Um, and I and I joined that program, and I built my first computer, a compact, from, like, different parts. Like, okay. you know, right there when we had Net Zero and, uh, for Internet, you know. Uh, AOL online. Right, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the little dollar CDs. Yeah, yeah, those CDs where you get the 10 free hours. <laughs> so, you know, and since then, I just fell in love with um, computers. I knew I loved the hardware part. I did research. I'm like, okay, I can't do comp side because I can't really program. Right. Because Latin Academy actually had um, a, a computer science pro, uh, C++ program. I took it there, and I just I knew I didn't have the, the mind capacity for it. Um, but the hardware part, right. I fell in love with it instantly. And engineering, computer engineering was like half and half, but mostly on the hardware nice. side. And the reason I asked so surprised when you said computer engineering is it's just, I don't know what it is, and especially in inner city communities, it's, yeah. now it's popular, but yeah, back then it was not really, it wasn't. like mid to late 90s, no one was doing that. Like, it was marketing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was the typical business stuff, so... I didn't know. Like, I, I, I just knew computers or whatever, but you had to, I just thought you had to be a super kind of smart 
to work in computers yeah. in 99, 2000. Like, yeah. I don't even know the real that, difference. That's like, when the dot-com boom was. Exactly, like, yep. Then, right? That's right, when right, it blew right, up. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, they had the, the program in um, the bottom of the Boston Public Library. I think it was college. I forgot the name of it, but I went down there. I really literally opened up a book and read Just what majors it. were. I was like, <laughs> this is what I want to do. I had really no idea what it was or what I was going to get myself into. And, you know, we could talk about the classes at Columbia and how they fail you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, yeah. Teach, but, like, you know, it was hard. I made it out, and it was the best best thing I ever done. That's why I'm glad you went to Boston Line Academy because I don't, I don't know who are, are our listeners who who's actually gone to that school. Boston Line Academy is one of the weirdest things. It's an exam school, yeah. so in the city of Boston, you have to take an exam to get into one of three schools: Latin Line Academy and the O'Brien. And Latin Academy is right in the middle, yeah. so like we weren't this. I guess by test standards, not the smartest kids, but there were tons of smart kids that went there. Yeah. But there was also like Latin school rejects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was also like a super hood school. Like it was in the hood. Yeah. And so it'd be weird. Like there'd be days where like we'll talk about Latin history and like Caesar and like quoting things. Yeah. Then it'd be a gang fight. Like yeah. like it was the weirdest environment I ever remember. Yeah. And I, I and I loved it though. I think it was probably the best. <laughs> and I look back at it though, it was like I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything. I wouldn't go to Latin school. I wouldn't go to Brian right. because that made me who I am today, right? It was so diverse as far as the kids that were there, the environment that you were yep. in as far as, you know, kids were in the hood, you know, kids were doing bad things after school right. or during school, yeah. but they were smart kids. It was it was I hard. Loved, yeah, and it was hard. <laughs> it was hard was, they were really prepping you for college you know, at the same time. So what was that last year at Columbia like? Because I, I can only imagine. The last year was great, though, because you're in the inner city of Manhattan, right? So yeah. you're, like... I mean, you got to think Boston University, which is in Boston, but Columbia University, which is in Manhattan. So you're like, okay, I mean, by that time, I'm over 21. Okay. So, like, I can, uh, I'm able to, like, enjoy life, like, going out to the clubs in Manhattan and then coming back and living on. So you were living in New York, not paying rent, technically, but, you know, you're paying. But it, it was awesome. I mean, I really didn't do that well. <laughs> when I graduated, you know, nice. uh, you know, but I'm, I'm happy that I was able to make it out, and I'm happy that Columbia had a, a great curve system there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's up. Get with that curve. <laughs> I think back of a few hardworking kids, like, look, yeah. just get me to the next level. Yeah. So you graduate from school, you have your degree. What do, do you kind of just jump right into your industry? Yeah, luckily I did, and I think the best part about Columbia is their placement. You know, you know, companies flock to that school to recruit, okay. you know, so like Google comes there, all the top financial service industries, you know, JP Morgan, Merrill Lynch, back then Wall Street was huge, right, yep. so, yeah. you know, the and I knew to get into a, my industry, I had to get a great internship, and my junior year there, I got a great internship in 2006, you know, I got a great internship, and once you get an internship at that level, like they pretty much, it's a, it's a 10-week interview process in the summer and right. they they looked and they offered me a full-time position so about my last year which is why i was chilling because i already had an offer for a job nice you know, salary coming in all i had to do was look for an apartment once i left so it was cool like so i mean and i you know i didn't do that well and there were a lot of kids doing better than me so yeah. um, you know they got to go to goldman sachs which is kind of like the at that point in time right. was like the you know the big industry you know and i and i and i was I'm a persistent person. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I wasn't the f- first choice for Merrill Lynch at that time. Um, you know, I, and I can sense that I was the, one of the waiting list guys, but I just kept calling the recruiter. I kept calling her. I kept calling her. I was like, you know, she didn't pick up until she actually knew she had a spot for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she picked up, and, you know, I got, you know, all I knew was get my foot in the door. I got, got into the door, 
and then I got the full time offer, and I, I was working in Merrill Lynch in technology, um, right out right out of school. That's what's up. Yeah. What's what's that transition like? Because that's that's work, man. That's I, yeah, I would assume that's like. You know what made it what made it easier is that the fact that we did the ten week in, internship. So you were with a group of kids from okay. all different other places that you know, and then after that, they did like a like a two month transition training program. So everyone from London, because it's a global company, London, um, Singapore, just came to live in New York for two months in the summer, from July to September, before you actually started working. Okay. So, excuse me. So, so that that made the transition easy. So you know you were able to just kind of still be a kid. They, they had like events and after after work stuff. They showed you the ropes. Um, they gave you training on trying to make you well-rounded. You were training with kids that were doing the stuff that you were going to do in the work field. And then they placed you. And then once they placed you, you were still kind of look, looked at as, ah, he's just a, you know, uh, just a guy that's just starting, right? Yeah. And it was up to you to kind of figure out, okay, am I going to be a go-getter and try to move up the ladder? You know, so, and then I've been with Merrill Lynch, which is now Bank of America, um, you know, for for um, going on 10 years now. So That's crazy. Hell else, yeah. well, when you, what's work there like? I can only imagine. You know, most companies I work for, uh, I work for a startup now, generally smaller. Yeah. And I have friends who have worked at places like a PWC. Yeah. Or well, what's the atmosphere like? In it's, cu- it's, it's cutthroat, man. It's corporate America. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're, I'm, I'm fairly young, so, you know, and people see that, so, you know, it's like, okay, but I've managed people that's twice my age, you know, so it's like, you know, so it's it's cutthroat, so it's like nine to five, going in there, and, you know, be maybe, it, you know, so people there, you, you really got to grind, like, you yeah. really, you know, really got to grind and say, okay, but at the same time, I know I'm going to go there and just do what I got to do, and then I'm leaving that there, you know, right. you know and I'm going home, and day so is it hard to leave the work even in tech is it hard to leave the work there because like I, I can only speak for like accounting or finance people i know yeah some of them have to work really long hours yeah. and it's it kind of may bleed in did yeah. you find it bleeding into your personal it life it did it did because i did work where i had to work weekends i had to work you know because i you know where i'd have to work a saturday evening or technology where you may be called you may be called when yeah. something happened you know, so it, it's hard, like you know, because they 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 put a BlackBerry on your hip. They give you something else. They give you something else, you know, to, to so they can reach you. Uh, you all emails. You know, the thing is, I think the hardest part is the emails, because like that's really how I work through the most is emails. So we, we're doing emails almost twenty four seven. And you got to get right back to people. I'm assuming, like you yeah. can't leave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. You're doing this. You're grinding out. Uh, what were you, what was your personal life like? Do you think you're just kind of zoned in, working? Were you still able to have a pretty decent balance? Yeah, yeah and that's I mean that's the key about me, man. I always I always preached by balance. Like I always knew that um, no matter how much I wanted to get far in life, corporate wise and with the industry uh, and my job and my career, family's important. You know, I, w- I knew I wanted to start a family at a certain point. Yeah. I knew I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted to have kids, you know. So that was kind of a means to that end, right? So right. I was getting the money, saving it. I love to travel. So, you know, I was, you know, getting good with my budget, stacking up so I can do all the things. So I grind there 
just so I can have that personal life. So to me, balance was key. So that's good, man. I, I feel like even with someone like me, like whether they're an entrepreneur, they all work full time, they get lost in it. You yeah. Know? And that's what I always feared. I yeah. always felt like at one point in my life, I ended up going back to school and I'm like, you know, I'm going to be straight Wall Street, business degree, yeah. stab people in the back. I don't care. Yeah. I can do it. Then I'm like, I can't. I can't. Like, I can't. It's not you. It's not you. You can't fake the funk. You know? It's not you. Can yeah. you make, do you think you can make, was it easy to make friends at a place like that? Is Does that exist where you'll work with people? I know it's a cutthroat type of environment at times. Yeah. But is it kind of everyone out for themselves? Can you, does it have some kind of a family feel to it? When you're yeah. There? And I would say what, because we had what we did, that technolo- technology analyst program and that summer analyst program. I mean, I had guys that were my best men at my wedding. Nice. Who I work with now and guys that are my, you know, I treat like family now because yeah. of that. I think had I come in, you know, just come in straight on, I don't think it'd be a great environment to make friends because I'd be like, I don't, I don't really want to talk to you guys outside of work. Like, well, you yeah. know, I'm not trying to hang out with you guys. You, you know, you're still trying to talk about work. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying right, to leave right. work, you know, but these guys, they were just fresh out of school. We we're all... You know, on the same boat, we created that bond, and we've been friends for like the past ten years. We're all family, so I think that was the best thing. Is if you're able to go into an industry like that, I don't even know if they do stuff like that anymore. Um, but at that time, time it was perfect for me. That's what's up. Yeah, that, that you got to have that that period, yeah. and you're able because it's it's hard, man. People get wrapped up in that, especially you'll see it like anything from Wall Street, even marketing. Like, yeah, I work at a place where we have to go now to uh, Time Inc. Uh, just for a client call. And the yeah. atmosphere was just like so. It's downtown New York, so it's yeah. like everyone's moving super fast. All these magazines, no one has time. Like that's the that's the funniest part. Yeah. Of the meetings, everyone's successfully looking at their watch. Like, yep, yep, yep. Okay, yeah. we gotta go. <laughs> it's like, dude. That that's when I knew I had to get out of New York. One day, like I worked out on Wall Street, right on Broadway, um, and then it was lunchtime. And lunchtime to me was my disconnect time. It was my time where I didn't want to move fast. I didn't want to think. I didn't want to do anything. And I just went out for lunch downtown, and it was Burger King, and everybody was just like, I don't know why I went to Burger King that day, because Burger King's gross down there. <laughs> but I went there, but everything's moving fast, and it was pushing you, you know, the subway, it's crazy, like, moving fast. Everyone's in a rush. I'm like, what? It's noon. Like, this is yeah. the time where, like, yeah. I'm chilling, I want to relax, and I'm like, I can't live here. I, that, can't live here. I had to get out. That's an epiphany. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... Now, with that said, you're doing, you leave New York, and you left, were you still doing the same thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was, luckily, the job, the company is, you know, global, you know, and, you know, I was, all I had to do was change my address, and yeah. I was able to relocate, um, and my family had, I think about the time my father was really sick, so I was able to come up, uh, spend his last few months while he was around, um, so it was perfect, so then, and then I was able to come back, and now I have all the, the seeds that I built in New York, and I can go back and it's like home to me anyways right? right so you know um it wasn't bad it wasn't a tough transition to come back but at the same time new york was so fast-paced coming to slower boston yeah people are not as aggressive people are not like you know as i wouldn't say driven but you know everyone's not pushing each other as much as they are okay in new york so that was a big thing for me where people were kind of looking at me like oh you know, Motley's doing it big type of thing. But where I was in New York, I'm looking at everybody else like, man, he's doing it big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be like him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, so you're liking it? You like the change of pace? I love it, man. I mean, you know, be able... Because my thing is I wanted to get a home where I can get, like, you know, a yard, you know, space for whatever I'm paying it, right? right. In New York, people... I, I looked at... I lived in the, in the, in the hood of Brooklyn uh, in Bed-Stuy, and across the street, they were selling a house for, like, 
uh, not a house, like a room for $330,000 and a parking space for $15,000 a year. Yeah. I'm like, Mm-mm. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, man. Well, good. This, man. All right, let's get, let's get into the media thing. So you're doing this, you come back home. Now, your side ventures, yeah. your dreams, yeah. what are they? Because you've got more than one. you got, yeah. you got a few things going on. Yeah. So immediately when I moved back, um, you know, I think right before I moved back, I went to see a, a basketball game, um, Latin Academy. I played ball there. Uh, and the current coach there, I played with him. Uh, he was two years ahead of me. And I was like, man, I want to come back and I want to give back. Because Latin Academy really made me who I am today, you know. You know, I wanted to give back. And, and I started being a volunteer assistant there. Okay. And that was six years ago. Um, and I'm in my going on my seventh season there with them now. So that's one of the things I do is like I love basketball. I love um, coaching kids between like the age of you know eighth grade to se- seniors in high school. Yeah. Right. So I um, so I've been coaching Atlanta Academy. That's one of the, the things I do um, right now. Uh, we're in, this is actually going to be my last season. I'm going to take a break. You know, I got a, a son and a, lot, a whole lot of things. I DJ as well. Yeah started a mobile DJ company um, you know the past two years so um, so I'm trying to focus more on that um, but um, so I DJ I coach basketball and I do kind of like a mobile geek geek um, geek to keep to, to your door kind of service yeah um, you know helping people who don't know how to turn on their smart TVs or you know people who just are not there's a lot of people in the world just not tech savvy so yeah you know so those are the three things that I do um, on the side. How do you, which one do you think is takes priority right now? Well, you're taking a break from the coaching. Yeah. Is right it, now, the priority is the DJ. You know, right now, because I, I mean, I just launched my website. I'm um, really trying to focus more on that. Um, trying to get because my thing is that my lane for DJing is events, private events. So yeah. I, I want to get. I want more. I mean, I did a couple weddings this year. I want more weddings next year. I just want more, more big events um, as far as, um, so I really want to focus on that. That's going to take priority. Okay, so I know you did, you played ball, so yeah. that's in the basketball connection. You played, you had the computer, you saw the upbringing coming with that, with yeah. the degree. Where did DJ come from? Was it always there? Or it wasn't. It? I think that came with Napster back in, <laughs> I remember that, Napster yeah. back in, um, in college, man. I just, I just built a collection of music. Uh, a lot of people in my family are musically inclined. I tried to play try to play instruments, the trumpet, different instruments. I was yeah. just not inclined. I mean, I love the bass, I love the drums, I love instruments, but I couldn't. I mean, I just wasn't musically inclined to play. Yeah. I built up this collection of music, and then we started doing parties in college, like you know, you know back in like around well, two thousand four, two thousand five. We we're doing it with like Winamp, not really like you know real DJ stuff. Um, and then you know, I just kind of as I built up that collection. And then one year, I just bought my house. I'm like, I want to be able to throw my own parties in my house. So I, I bought a DJ set equipment okay. um, about five years ago. And then I just started learning off YouTube and um, watching YouTube videos, you know, uh, and then how to DJ, how to mix, um, how to do the different things like that. I'd go out and i just watch other DJs. i just sit in the booth with them um, and just watch what they're doing, just learning from watching. So I pretty much self-taught myself and then just realized that, I'm a life of the party type of kind of guy. I love music. Piecing that all together, I'm like, this is something I can do. You know I feel I mean? like I'm a life of the party guy, but I, as far as, I just like to get drunk and get real loud. <laughs> so I really tell jokes, you know what I mean? That's, I don't want to do work, though. Like, I don't want to. So it seems like you're, savant's definitely not the right word. You're just, I can't. When I started my business, I did do a lot of reading. And I kind of felt like I executed yeah. to a certain degree. But you kind of just look at stuff and then just read and apply it. Yeah. Like, that was, that's 
tougher for me. Like yeah. it, it'll take it'll at least take me longer than it'll take you. Yeah. So unless there's like a motivation for me to mm-hmm. do it. So was your thing? You just like screw it. I want to do it. I want yeah. to do it. I mean, it's the thing is, I, I honestly the first two three years I started DJing, I was horrible, and I knew I sucked. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. people were still supporting me. I'm like, and you know, you know, and the thing is, I know music, and I listen to all types of genres of music. Um, you know, and it was just a matter of figuring out the technicalities of it and teaching myself and then um, applying myself to that. And then once I once I've gotten the hang of that, and I'm like, well, this is not that hard, you know. And it's like, and then and there's a lot of DJs out there, but. Yeah. There's a lot of money to be made in the DJ industry because it's all about word of mouth. And if people like you as a DJ, like the energy that you bring to their events, you know, then they'd be like, all right, I want him to do my events because, you know, I, I was at an event that he did and he had he had, he had the party jumping, you know, so. You nice. Know, so. so what point does it go from, this looks interesting, to, you know, what, I, I can make some money for this? You know, How long does that actually take? That took me a good four or five years. So I spent a lot of money. To be a mobile DJ is not easy. Because you really have to invest in equipment, yeah. speakers, you know, high quality stuff. Like you gotta have high quality stuff to. to I mean, I initially when I started, I spent a lot of money on the wrong stuff because I had probably the wrong guidance as far as what to buy. But as I got better, you know, I mean, it, it's a good fifteen to twenty thousand dollar investment. I know that about buying equipment like high quality equipment, you know. And that's when I'm like, okay. Um, first three years I was doing stuff for free just kind of building my client base just building my name but I always always had like a a longer term plan goal like okay eventually I'm gonna make this official like you know in, in the past two years is really when I really make, making it official where and I got a website business cards you know the real business yeah you know um, so you know once I saw that I made that investment I'm like oh cool it's a hobby now I spent all this money on equipment now, my goal was, you know, by the end of last year was I wanted to, to take that negative of the, the money that I spent on equipment yeah. by getting gigs and bring that to a, a, a zero. How'd you get your first gig? Um, first gig was friends. It's okay. all friends and family. Yeah. You know, friends and family, you know, hey, some guy wants to play music for free at my... Uh, <laughs> and in my first gigs, I was doing stuff for free. Okay. You know, because, you know, I was bad. I sucked. What were they like? Like, <laughs> like what, you, what was going on? What do you mean? It's like, was it like skipping? Or no, I mean, I just like, honestly, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really, I wasn't a good, I wasn't good at beat matching. I didn't, you know, I didn't understand the technicalities of it, but I knew the songs to play. Yeah. You know, but, you know, things wasn't blending right. You know, I was kind of just <laughs> dropping things harshly, but. The naked eye didn't know, right, right. but some of the people who really know music came up to me, and I, I appreciated all that feedback. Some of my DJ friends, some of my people that are really into music, were like, "Yo, you got to transition better. You got to do this. <laughs> okay, that sounded yeah. bad. You know, your, your, your levels are too high." Blah blah. You know, people giving me good fat feedback, and I appreciate. I don't take things personally. Right? I appreciate all the feedback that I got. And that's what's made me, making me a better DJ to today was all that feedback. See, that's, what, that, that's one thing I had to learn, and I think a lot of people do, is everyone wants to work on something, uh, no matter what the business is, right? Yeah. Uh, I used to do this with my app, and I would keep having to polish stuff and like mm-hmm. wait, like, no, it's not perfect yet. Yeah. I got to show. The thing is, get in front of the people who are going to be buying it. Yeah. If it sucks, they'll tell you. You yeah, need you someone needs to tell you. On the way. Someone's got to tell you your shit's not good. Yeah before it becomes good. Like, no one wants to face it. You just think yeah. it's going to be really good to start. No. Like, nah. these painters we hear about, these rappers we hear about, they weren't good. Like, someone came right up away, and said, yeah. you got to change all this. You have to do this like this. You got to take those lumps, and yeah. that's how you become better. I think it's two things, though. Is one, not waiting, yeah. not sitting on it for so long, because then you never actually 
put out a new product because you're trying to be a perfectionist. Yeah. And two, like you said, it's being able to take lumps. A lot of people can't take lumps. They can't take criticism, whether it's coming off the right way or coming off the wrong way. I take it, okay, whatever, you could say something to me really bad and trying to hurt my feelings, but I can finally figure out a way to take something positive out of that. Okay, like you told me my mix sucked, but what part of the mix sucked? And you're like, okay, this, all right, you know, you know, take take the criticism and improve on that, you know? Nice. So you when you started DJing, were you already doing the Keep to Your Door thing? No, I started doing that in the last two years. Oh, so that's yeah. more recent. Yeah, that's, that's the most recent one. Yeah. How, how do you know which one is uh, like a priority. Like, for example, I do an app and I do this podcast and I always have to make sure I get the priority. It's got to be priorities the right way. Right? Yeah. I make sure it's been... How do you do that? Do you just allocate time evenly? Do you, Are you just like, no, DJ comes first. Whatever I have to do this week and that pertains to DJing has to get done. Yeah. And then what happens if everything else happens after all that? Yeah, no, I, I, the thing is, that's what I'm trying to work on for 2017 is really the focus and prioritizing. And right now in the past, and I don't really want to wait for New Year's resolutions, but... I'm saying DJing is priority, right? So anything else is come second in that. Because the thing is, if I have to prepare for an event, if I have, to, you know, have a, you know, I've done a lot of Sweet Sixteens recently, weddings. It takes preparation. It takes some time to actually make sure you understand what kind of music that that person wants to hear. Uh, make sure you have all your things um, re- prepared and ready for that event. So that's priority for me. Like in marketing my DJ stuff, whether it's social media, uh, like I took last month and a half building my own website right so that was a priority so yeah. like you said like you really have that i said djing as the priority like so you really and the thing is what i'm realizing is that i have my focus has been stretched you know, i got a newborn son i'm djing i'm doing geek to door i'm coaching so all, yeah. the, all this stuff now you stretch thin now i'm yeah. like okay let me let me break rain in the focus like this thing is DJing is gonna make me some some good money on the side. So is it hard to let stuff go? Like my issue is I hate. I feel like everyone feels their ideas are worth yeah. millions. You know what I mean? They're like I gotta work on all this at the same time. Was that tough? That's not that's not that hard for me. I mean it's like you know the thing is I feel like when I'm DJing it's like. Same thing with coaching, but more so DJing. Like I, I can DJ an eight-hour barbecue and just like and have a blast doing it, and don't feel like I was standing up for eight hours. Where I can go to work from nine to five, <laughs> and and I feel beat up yeah, yeah. <laughs> after eight hours of just sitting in front of a yeah. computer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was like, so like you know, if you if for me to prioritize that because I feel like that's that's um um that's where I'm having the most fun. Yeah, you know, and and I see so much potential in that. Right, so. You think this is something you could do full time? Full time, uh, at some point when I retire, I want to do DJing full time. I mean, I've I've been on a lot of cruises. I've seen guys that are able to just travel and then you know and just DJ on a boat for seven days. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, or so guys that do all inclusives, like they, you know, like you can actually be on vacation and, and DJing. You know, yeah, that's good. So yeah, that's all good you point. do, you, you know, destination weddings, destination events. Um, so there's a, there's a, a plethora of opportunity there, right? Um, but I, I have to keep working hard at it. You know, I know I know a couple of my friends who you know who are DJing full time. You know, it's it's a hustle. You definitely have to have other streams of income. Yeah. Um, you got to have a steady, maybe a residency somewhere. You got to have something steady. Um, you know, to to be able to DJ full time. I think it's tough. What's it like balancing with the work you do and DJing? Do you find yourself and a newborn? You know, yeah. do you find yourself stressed more often than not? Do you? Think you're handling it better than than most would. Yeah, I think I'm handling. I mean, my thing is the only time I stress is when I'm not in con- when I feel like I'm not in control of my plans. Like, yeah. I'm a big planner. 
Okay. You know, so if I feel like things are kind of disorganized, like I'm big on being organized, I use, you know, every technology medium that's there for me, Google Calendar, whatever, everything that's available to me to keep myself organized. I'm, I'm a big stickler on time. So once I feel kind of like if I'm going to an event and something like maybe my, I had to like find somewhere to put my son or something and I'm running late. That's when I kind of feel stressed yeah. because now I'm like, all right, now I'm off my regular path. But as far as stress, it doesn't stress me out at all because DJing is mostly like a weekend thing. Okay. You know, events are mostly happening Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Um, so, you know, you're working nine to five, Monday to Friday. Um, downtime, you can work on stuff. Um, new music comes out every Friday, so I'm always updating my library on Fridays, listening to music. That's what probably one thing I do every day is listen to music. So yeah, I'm always listening to music, whether it's you know old stuff, new stuff, just to stay hip. Uh, what's going on? So it doesn't stress me out that I think I handle it pretty well. You sleep well? Yeah, no, like a baby. Really? Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, see like that a baby. See, so you're good. You got a nice, yeah. well-rounded. Your schedule doesn't be, seem to be too yeah. crazy. Uh, like mentally, do you ever think when it comes to any of the stuff you do on the side? Like, do, are you constantly criticizing yourself? Yes, I have to. In, in order to to be good at what you do, you have to you have to be your your your, your worst critic. Um, like I started doing mixes on SoundCloud um, last year, and I did that on purpose. Knowing, knowing that I wasn't really that good, just so I can go back and listen to it and constantly listen to the parts that I messed up on. But we, a naked ear would probably not hear, yeah. but I would constantly criticize myself, like, I can't never do that again, I can't do that again. Or at a party if I mess up. Like, I'm always, like, even with coaching, like, we're, I'm coaching now, we're in the season. Um, I mean, I don't, I sleep like a baby, but, but before I fall asleep, I'm sitting there thinking of all these things, like, whether it's coaching what we could have done a different part of the game, or it's DJing, um, the songs, the hot song that I missed that I didn't play. Like, oh, man, they would have loved to hear that song. I don't know why I didn't play it that night. You know, So I'm always constantly thinking and criticizing myself. This is what people need to hear, especially me. When I first started doing, I made a ton of mistakes, right, yeah. building the app. For example, this podcast. The yeah. first three or four episodes I would listen to um, myself, yeah. right, and look for cuts, and I Hated it from the way your voice sounds when yeah, it's recorded. Right, even right. when you're like, "That was the dumbest fucking joke." Like, why would yeah, I? You know, you're yeah. just sitting there like, uh, you know. But without that, you could find I could find myself letting out an audio clip that doesn't work or yeah. that's cut short or that's not the product that I yeah. want. And it's the only way I got better. I hated that was the worst part. Yeah. is looking my mistake in the face. I could not. I hated doing that over yeah. there. And I don't even know where the fear comes from. I think it's just the fear of letting yourself down. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Once you, you listen, you're like, that's not that bad. I can, wow, okay, like, I yeah. get it, I get it. Because even with the music stuff, like, when you get to a point where some other people might not hear that mistake, it's to the naked ear, like I said, everybody might not know you said something wrong or there was a bad cut or whatever on the audio, but you caught it being your worst criticism, but, you know, now it's for you to do something with that to fix it, right, not let it stop you from continuing to grow. Cause you ever you seem like someone who's just really keen on learning new things. Yeah, like, I love it. Do you ever see yourself just doing one thing? Like that is no. Like I got friends who just go to work, go home, and I'm like, no. like how? Like <laughs> that's impossible, dude. Because I think there's so much time, and, and there's one thing that's always said in idle hands. Like I don't really know what the saying is, but it's, it's always kind of in the back of my head. I just can't be idle. Yeah. You know, there's always something to do. There's always something to learn. And I look at my six old, six month old son, and how. How he's like a sponge, like he's always he's already like clapping. Whatever I show him, he's like doing it. And nice, I'm like, wow, that's me 2.0. 
like there, right? You know, so it's like you just got. There's always an opportunity to learn. Yeah. And I look at now with the internet, like you can teach yourself anything. Like you know, I learned how to cook from watching YouTube videos or reading. Yeah. You know, I, you know, so I learned how to DJ from watching YouTube videos. You know, so it's like there's nothing you can't teach yourself. And I think it's funny when we're young, like you say, you were born your son. Like we're naturally inquisitive. You need to know yeah. why, how everything works, yeah. why it works. And then at some point, it's just it's gone. Like you're told that's not just do yeah, stuff or just yeah. do the work. You can't let that happen. And I think yeah. that's what it is. When I'm at the, the job, I'm at is really cool. The jobs I have before, you're just like this is what it is, man. Just you do what you're supposed to do. Robot. Exactly. Yeah. Go home and do what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get no fulfillment. No. It's a means to an end. I mean, you know, a lot of people understand that. Yeah, you, a lot of artists they want to completely drop the full time thing and like, all right, I'm going to focus on this, but. It's less stressful. Like for me, I can hey, build a DJ business because hey, I know financially I'm sound. You know, I know I have my nine to five. I know, and I know I'm going to focus on that. I know how much time I'm going to put into that because that's what's provided for my family, my health insurance, my everything. You know, yeah. that's that's going to be priority at the end of the day. But for me to actually live, you know, and actually not feel like you know I'm just around here just wandering. Like, All right, nine to five, wake up, go to work. Nine to five, wake up, work, work. Yes, yeah, no, can't do that. What's it like having can't a family and doing multiple things? Because I don't have one yet, and I, don't uh, know, I have good discussions about yeah. doing it possibly, yeah. and I I'm nervous because I yeah. don't know what you need. Somebody is supportive, supportive. Like my wife is like, my, like she's supportive. You know, you know, it's like, like if I got to go do an event, it's you know, doing stuff on the side takes away time from the family, right? Yeah, right. You know, I feel bad, and sometimes I, I'll text her like, "Man, I really don't want to do this anymore, babe. I feel like it's taking too much time away from you guys." She's like, "No, no, no. You love it. This is what you do. You know, you know, do it, do it. You know, nice. we'll be here. Yeah. You know." And then the thing is, I feel like people say they don't have time to do stuff, but I realize if you carve out the time, and you say, "Okay, I'm not gonna go do this when I." You know, it could be spending time with my family, right? Right. You know, you fight, and I, I find time to spend with my friends, my close friends, close family, because that's important to you. What's important to you, you're going to find time. And yes. you make time for it, right? That's the quote, man. I, yeah. I think that's what it is. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm too busy. In reality, all of us get off work, go home, and sit down for at least two hours. Whoa! Not doing nothing. Not like doing like scrolling on your social media, <laughs> looking on, in that two yeah. hours, you could have done something somewhat productive. Yeah, you always need some downtime to right. kind of decompress, but... You know, I think we do waste a lot of time yeah. in our lives, you know. Yeah. So like, I try not to, to be a waster of time. But there are times where I just kind of want to sit down and just not do anything. But you try to minimize that, you know. Is that your biggest strength, planning, Plan, organizing yeah. stuff really Organizing, well? yeah. I love, yeah. That, what, what's your biggest area of opportunity when it comes to the things you, you're DJing or things you do on the side? Like a, a skill you think if you optimize makes it get a lot better. It's focus. I think, like you, like I said, this year, really, I want to focus on building it to the next level. Like, okay, I've done all, I'm doing all these other things. I'm going to drop some things. Like, I think it's really saying, okay, like you said, you know, can I really ever really focus on one thing? And I really want to focus on this DJ thing and have that be the priority. I think that's, that's the area of opportunity where I really want to be able to focus. You think it'll be hard with the other stuff going on? Or just not, seeing something new and you're like, oh, that looks... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I'm the kind of guy with the shiny thing kind of, kind of, oh, try that out, you know, but, you know, I'm getting older, so I, I don't think there's, besides, like, maybe, you know, traveling and, and all, all that stuff, not, a, not, not much else impresses me anymore. It's yeah. Like, I've done a lot in my lifetime already, so I think I, it shouldn't be that tough. Nice. Did you, to help with this... Would you consider working with people? Are you? Uh, do you like doing a solo thing? Do you like a team aspect? 
That's a good question because I thought of it, right? Because there's a lot of like DJ teams out there. There's you know there's a lot of MCs that look to work with DJs. You know you book an event, and I'm I love I don't mind working with people at all. Yeah. You know, but you know right now I'm doing okay flying solo, and you know I really ro- like my one of my mottos is you know YOLO roll dolo. You know because it's like you only live once. You can't wait for somebody else yeah. to do something, or you can't. You know, some people may, you know, you can't drag somebody else along with you if they're not really have the same drive yeah. that you do, right? So I, I'm i cool with working with people. I mean, I have a lot of DJs in Boston that's put me on, that's helped me out. I mean, Nexus, which is one of your guys you interviewed, like, he, you know, he's, he's one of my friends, Super Duke. All these guys out there, they've helped me. Yeah. So I, I'm always looking to work with any DJ. I'd like to support other DJs, you know, I think that's one of the things that we lack in Boston. Yeah, yeah. Artists supporting other artists because everyone's just trying to do their own thing. So I try to support everyone and anyone that's doing something positive. So I, I definitely like to work with people, but I'm not going to wait for you. I think that you hit it. You're, you you yeah. hit it right on the head with that last statement about people helping. Is there's this is a misconception that there's not enough room for people, and, and I think especially in the black community, it's like there can only be a, so no, there's no, there's no, there's uh, if you just do numbers, like if yeah. you just look at it like you do in school, there's a lot of people out here, man. There's like and there's a lot of money in terms of a lot of money, and I think that's the people in this concept. Like, okay, if he's doing good, I'm not gonna do good. That's not true. No, it's like it's, it's not true. No, especially, yeah. you know, especially if someone's well off, there's only so much that they can do. People pass off work, like people will say, "Oh, right. I can't do this," but yeah. this guy was super nice to me. Yeah, I can throw this to him. All I've right, had DJs who are, who are my friends, like, "Yo, man, come come on board." There's, there's a lot of events that I'm getting that I can't do because you know because I'm we're cool. I'm like, "All right, cool, man." I mean, I'm not gonna be like high on my high horse. Like, I'm not gonna take an event from you or whatever. Right. Like, if you hey, you want to share the wealth, I'll share. You know, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Because there's a lot of wealth out there. That's I think you know that's the my biggest gripe, especially in the black community, man. It's like people don't want to work together, don't want to collaborate. They rather start their own thing. It's fine. I started my own thing, my yeah. own DJ thing. But you can still support other people, and you can still work with other people because there's a lot of money out there. Yeah, there is period. a lot there of people, is. a lot of client base. Like just build your own client base. You know, do your own thing, build your own client base. Nice, dude. So. You got you got the focus coming up. You're gonna be focusing on this. What are some what are some milestones in your head besides just focus? I know you want to build it up. Is there anything specific? You got the website that's yeah. going well. Yeah. Is there any anything like a sp- specific type of event you got you have in your sites, or just maybe something about business development that you're like, yeah. if this is the next thing I want to focus on. Well, specific events, man. I just want to do bigger weddings like i love the wedding scene like it's just like it's to me it's easy money <laughs> it's like yeah yeah it's, it, and it's all about because the thing is if you're an organized person you can you do well with with like a, a like a wedding because you know it's all about timing getting things done you know i've done a wedding of 100 you know biggest wedding i've done 100 people like i want to do like a 300 350 person wedding type of event you know yeah in the, in the next year or so i want to do a destination wedding because that's different because now you gotta worry about planning how you get equipment um and, you know scoping out the location because that's a new challenge like okay doing something that's completely out, outside of where you where you live uh, and make sure that those plans go out of the hitch because as a dj you kind of control you control the event as far as keeping it running smoothly no dead air you know keeping that event running smooth and keeping everybody happy so doing a challenge event a bigger event Somewhere else um, is kind of one of the things I have my sights set. Sights set, 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 set. It's funny you say that because I've here uh, we recently interviewed uh, a 
and someone else who DJs full time yeah. and have passions on the side, and they also can have issues with weddings. But I remember talking to Nexus, and he said weddings were kind of his his faux pas. He had issues with yeah. just because it, it limited creativity. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it goes all over. It, it's, it's funny. That's it's, the it's, thing it's, is, and that's good, and I respect that at Nexus because that's his lane. He figures yeah. out okay, I could do the nightclubs, I could do to these different kind of events, um, you know, that's his lane. And that's one of the best advice I got was just the guy who did my wedding, Frankie B. Uh, he's a DJ. He's like, yo, pick your lane. You're that's either going to be a, a mobile DJ or you're going to be like a, a show DJ, a mixed show DJ, or, you know, there's different types of DJs. Yeah. So pick your lane. I can, I mean, I call myself the people's DJ because, you know, I know different genres. I can deal with any, in any kind of atmosphere. But my biggest thing is private events. That's my lane. And See, that's, that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? That's what's up. You, you know what you want to do. Yeah. I feel like everyone, like uh, especially me, when I got started, it's like, no, I'm just gonna do everything. And this no, is you, you know what I mean. This is this. I'll, I'll and, figure it out. Yeah, and that's one of the keys to success, right? Is you gotta kind of hone in and be like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna be the best at that, right? And um, that's and, I, and I'm trying to focus on just events, just mobile events, you know, and that's that's what I want to nice. do. Nice. Well, you seem like a super organized, super yeah. efficient person. Yeah. For someone who needs help. And for listeners who need help in that environment, what do you think would be a little piece of advice you give them? Maybe a tool that you use or a, something that you do on a regular basis yeah. that helps you just keep things organized. What, what, what little pearl of wisdom could you give? My biggest thing is a Google Calendar because, like, I don't, I can't even keep up with my wife's work schedule, like my DJ events, um, you know, I t- travel events, whatever it is. Is I the biggest thing I use on a daily basis is a Google Calendar. I have multiple calendars. <laughs> You know, and I'm able. I add events to those. I have a basketball calendar. Yeah. You know, and I'm able to view those uh, in one calendar in Google. And then my wife shared it with my wife. She knows where I'm going to be. You know, I get mad at her when you know, she doesn't <laughs> add something to the calendar because I'm like, "What do you mean you're going to an appointment today? It doesn't exist to me if it wasn't on yeah. the calendar." So the calendar is key. The second thing is is, is really planning ahead. Like today, today was a busy day for me. I, mean, I had practice from twelve to two. I had a meeting, a lunch lunch meeting with a friend. And I was coming here. It's kind of last night. I looked ahead. I'm like, all right, I gotta be out the house by this time. I gotta do this. It's, it's really planning. Like you have to kind of foresee the gaps of time. How long it's gonna take you to get there? How long you need to get there? Because a lot of people just kind of go on the whim. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I'm going to be up from 12 to 5, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. next thing you know, you're running late to this, you're running late to that, because you didn't kind of think, foresee and, for, and think the whole day through. No. Like, I do the, the calendar and just thinking things from, like, okay, the day before, from, okay, the time I wake up, okay, do I have to bring my son to babysitting? Do I have to do this? You know, how long that's going to take me? It's going to take me half an hour to get to practice. You know, I really think things through, like, the day before. Nice, man. Yeah. All right, well, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. We're going to check back. We have to check back with you, too. Definitely, man. Just Definitely. To see how these are going. But before we get out of here, let's, let's let people know how they can reach out to you, yep. how they can find you, book you for events if right. they like to. We'd like to know all the channels you're out there on. So we yeah, can. Uh, yeah. So I just launched a website. It's uh, www.djmott.com. It's D-E-E-J-A-Y-M-O-T.com. And that has all my social media on there. Uh, you can get quotes. Uh, and so that that is the best means to get in contact with me on all my social media, which is Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever. Uh, it's at DJ Mott, uh, D E E J A Y M O T. So um, those are the best ways to reach me. Nice. So uh, anyone looking for a wedding DJ, any kind of private event, look him up. Please yeah. reach out to him. Uh, we will be posting this episode soon, and when we do, we're gonna have links where you get the links where you can reach Milo as well. His website, social media, just so you can reach out, or just drop a note 
and say how much you appreciated him stopping by. Again, please visit our website, moonglidersclub.com. We try to update it on a weekly basis just to make sure you're getting all the new interviews. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Um, and we're also on Facebook. So if you just want to drop a note or a message, or if you're looking to be on the show, we are our ears are open. We're always looking for new entrepreneurs. Uh, Mother, thank you. That was, Thanks, that was Joel, really impression. No, it was educational, yeah, too. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's a... It, uh, fly by the seat of your pants is I think what people think entrepreneurship is <laughs> and it's there's a lot of different ways to do it and yeah. I think this is, what you're doing is a really good way to get things done well, just thanks. organize efficient and doing what you say you're going to do yeah, so, that's key yeah. <laughs> you may <have> your word <laughs> well, thanks again <laughs> thanks to all the listeners who tuned in again and we will see you very soon goodbye alright cool